0: Welcome to the Negotiation and Conflict Management podcast series. I'm glad I know that now. This series is brought to you by the NAC team. NAC stands for Negotiation and Conflict. NAC is made up of a team of scholars who are passionate about the teaching, research, and practice of negotiation and conflict management and all related topics. We offer you this podcast series to highlight the work of global academic thought leaders who have a NAC for negotiating and managing conflict. We hope you enjoy this episode.
1: I'm In Hong Tsai, your podcast host for today. Our podcast guest today is Corinne Bendersky. Today's episode focuses on balancing provisional prototypes to create a more diverse and inclusive workplace.
0: If you haven't yet listened to part one, you may find it helpful to start there and come back to part two.
1: For your paper regarding balancing provisional prototypes, you use both qualitative and quantitative methods. Mm -hmm. Why did you use this approach?
2: Well, first, we really felt like we needed to understand the context and the experience of women in this context and the perceptions or concerns there were about women by their, their male colleagues. We collected qualitative data, but it wasn't purely inductive because we did expect that women would be experiencing a lot of the symptoms of the lack of broader lack of fit phenomenon, which has been widely studied and was well established. So we were not surprised or looking to establish the existence of those experiences. We wanted to understand how they manifested in this specific context. And what we found, so that that was the motivation to utilize qualitative methods initially to understand what is the professional prototype of the of firefighters, what do they do, how do they work, and how does the lack of fit for women really manifest? And we identified um, very specific enactment of, like I mentioned skepticism and scrutiny about women's capabilities, also forms of social ostracization. It's harder to build to build trust and be integrated into the, the fire teams where, you know, trust and unit cohesion is extremely important. You're very, very dangerous profession. And also challenges with uh, processing trauma to which firefighters are exposed because of stereotypes about women's emotionality and emotional volatility constrain women's abilities to process trauma in healthy ways that in fact, potentially limited their career longevity. So that was the impetus to use qualitative methods. And then through those conversations and the other research that uh, both Felix and I had engaged in, we developed this idea of a way to balance the prototype in people's minds. And so we developed an experimental procedure uh, with which to test deductive hypotheses. And we wanted to do so with a great deal of internal control, which is why we utilized um, an experimental methodology. and We developed some video based stimuli to really control the other aspects of the the stimulus that people were experiencing. Similarly,
1: I have a question regarding the method of the other paper. For your paper about the misalignment of professional prototypes, you use an experimental method. Why did you choose this method over other methods to study this topic?
2: Again, it it came down to wanting to have um, internal validity and to be able to control the contrast to the balanced prototype. We did some, a great deal actually, pilot testing, different stimuli, which were ways of presenting the professional prototype. And we found that, first of all, we identified three core features of the buyer service Uh, professional prototype, physical strength, team orientation, and compassion. And we did some uh, pilot tests to confirm their gender stereotypes and verify that physical strength is a highly masculine stereotype, team orientation is a gender neutral stereotype, and compassion is a highly feminine stereotype. And then we experiment, we did some pilot tests experimenting with presenting these three core traits in different orders and sequences to figure out what was the best way to produce effectively and reliably produce different perceptions uh, about the firefighter prototype in people's minds. So we wanted to be able to reliably produce a highly masculinized version, which we found was the more consistent with what people automatically came up with on their own without any stimuli. And then we wanted to create a balanced prototype version. And we found that the way to do that was to, to emphasize the salience of the feminine stereotype characteristic of compassion as being the most important while also acknowledging team orientation and physical strength is important. But when we tried to um, present all three of those as equally important, we were not able to reliably and consistently produce a balanced prototype perception in people's minds. Let's
1: move on to the next question. Do you face any challenges while doing these studies?
2: Not so much in doing the studies. I'm very grateful to have access to fire service professionals and to be able to collect data from them quite uh, easily and also to extend the, the sample to a non-fire service sample to test the generalizability of sensitivity to the intervention to people who identify less strongly with the, the career. So in terms of the data collection, no, no. in terms of publishing it, if we did have some tr- challenges. I think it took us a while to really hone in on the theoretical contribution, especially with this the second paper that's focused on followership. We, it was very easy to articulate the applied practical implication. But it took a while to really articulate a clear theoretical contribution that was necessary in order to adult, uh, for it to ultimately get accepted to uh, JAP, Journal of Applied Psychology. But it took us a while and a lot of iterations. And uh, I will admit that we um, submitted it elsewhere before and had the paper rejected. So this was um, at least the second journal that we tried to get. We had to uh, go through the revision process before it was accepted.
1: Moreover, do you have any practical suggestions on how organizations can manage diversity and inclusion in the workplace?
2: Well, for sure, there's a practical implication of the findings from this work, which is to think about organizational interventions that broaden the definition of the professional prototypes that they they have in the context, not just to focus on individuals and individual characteristics or group characteristics. So that is to say, rather than focusing on these, maybe very complementary strategies, I'm not saying organizations should not focus on strategies to uh, empower and mentor and train and develop people in the organizations. But in addition, they may want to do things like articulate their their values, articulate the uh, criteria that they're using for selection and performance management and especially promotion to to be inclusive of a a broad and uh, gender stereotype or racially stereotype balanced mix of core attributes of a professional prototype and to really audit the way in which the prototype characteristics get translated into performance evaluation and selection criteria. And so the it, when we have talked to organizational leaders about doing that, you can often see that they may unintentionally be emphasizing the masculine characteristics over the feminine characteristics, for instance, which makes it easier to see men as fitting into those roles and women fitting into those roles. And yet if you think about the occupation or the professional roles and all the things they do and all the uh, attributes and characteristics of the people you want doing them, you can emphasize characteristics and attributes that are attractive and important that do not align with masculine gender stereotypes, for instance, then that can help broaden the perceived qualifications of people in in a selection pool or an applicant pool and um, hopefully diversify the people that are recruited into those roles.
1: Also, do you have any recommendations on future research directions regarding diversity and inclusion other researchers can pursue?
2: I think this idea of focusing on the context and how the organizational, professional, occupational contexts impact particularly equity and inclusion for people who don't fit the typical characteristics is broadly an idea that has uh, potential to be very generative for research. And I encourage people to think not just specifically about prototype balancing and the intervention that we develop, but more broadly, are there other ways that the context can be redefined or reframed in ways that reduce exclusion of certain groups who don't seem to fit?
1: The take-home message from our podcast today is that People can use the technique of prototype inversion that facilitates recognizing the professional potential of members of underrepresented groups. This technique also reduces the endorsement of sexist supervisors. As our series name states, I'm glad I know that now. Once more, I'm Min Hong Tai, and on behalf of all of us, we thank our guest, Brian Bendersky Thank you for being with us today.
0: On behalf of our NAC team, Deborah Sai, Michael Gross, Jennifer Parlamas, Laura Reese, and Ming-Hong Tsai, thank you for listening. For more information about this and every episode, you can check out the podcast notes on the NAC website. There you can find additional sources and links to material cited in each episode. Please tell a friend about our podcast, and we hope you will join us next time for another fascinating discussion about a topic you'll be glad to know about.